Hey, well, happy Thanksgiving week. This is a good week. We're excited because a lot of us are traveling. A lot of, it's got a lot of things going on this week. Uh, but I also know that we got a lot of guests this morning. And so I'm just going to make a covenant with you, okay? I'm not going to talk churchy with you, okay? That's our, that's our covenant. I, I'm not going to talk churchy questions to real, you have real questions. I'm not going to give you churchy answers. This is a good morning. So if you're one of those people and you're like, I really don't like churchy talk, okay, then thank the person invited you this morning because this is your morning because we're going to do a a no-nonsense morning, okay? This is going to be a fun morning. Kind of want to listen in real, 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 real hard because we're going to run quick, but we're going to talk about a conversation, all right, that John, that we have recorded in the Gospel of John, all right? This is a conversation that Jesus had all right, Jesus had with this guy, and it really, 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 and I'm, I, don't, I, I don't care where you are in, in your Christian walk, maybe you're not a believer, believer, but you can relate with this conversation. And we're going to look into this conversation that Jesus has with this individual. Now, this conversation that we're going to talk about has actually a, the most quoted sentence of all time is found in this conversation. So you're going to go... I know that. I know where that is, all right? So this morning, we're going to be reading, actually, from the Gospel of John. John records this event. Now, if you're wondering, Gospel, what is that? All right, you got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All four of those guys give an account of the ministry of Jesus. They tell the whole ministry of Jesus from their different perspectives, which is awesome. But John tells it completely, completely different, which is so amazing. You look at it from the, the, from the story of love. Because John, here, here's the thing about John. John is an amazing, amazing apostle. Not, not just because of his name, which is pretty amazing, right? But it's because of what God did in his life. If you look at the life of John, and you'll probably do this now that I've told you about it. But if you watch the very beginning, all right, if you look at Mark 3, John is referred to as the son of thunder, right? right? Some of y'all think you have a three-year-old that qualifies, right? He is actually the son of thunder because he's so over the edge. He really is. In Luke chapter 9, <laughs> this is pretty dramatic, right? In Luke chapter 9, there were some, some Samaritans that weren't really getting the message of Jesus. So John's solution was, hey, Jesus, let's call down fire and just explode them. That was actually, I mean, it's in your Bible. You should read this. He's just like, hey, I can, I can settle with this. It's gone, right? That was how John wanted to settle with things. So John, as you see this son of thunder, this guy, all of a sudden transform into someone who was overwhelmed with the love and grace of Jesus. He actually was referred to as the one whom Jesus loved. Actually, John writes the Gospel of John, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and he writes Revelations. And no one records more about the love of Christ than John. So this is a huge transformation in this guy's life. But he records this conversation that we're about to go through. He records this, and it's important to understand why he records this. Because he realizes you and I would have the same question that he has with this conversation. So this morning, you're going to look in, I I guarantee you. You're going to listen in, and you're going to go, I've felt that way before. 
I, I, I can assure you, every one of us, this conversation, John makes sure he documents because he realizes we all have felt this way. And maybe it's not clear, but this morning is your morning because you're going to see it a lot more clear. So we're going to jump into this conversation found in John, third chapter. Let's take off. Here it is. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Now, he was a Pharisee, and that means, many of y'all know, this means he was a religious person, right? Y'all, some of y'all know today religious people, woo, right? He was one of those. He was of the Jews, which are very religious people, but he was like religious of the religious people, right? And that meant he was a Pharisee. And actually, he was a ruler of the Jews. So this guy was like up there. And he was very, very concerned with outward appearance. I mean, what he wore, everything. I mean, we, we deal with that now, right? But this is the guy, if you're wondering, some of y'all think, is this the same guy that ends up at the end burying Jesus? It is. It actually is the same guy, all right? Because he was a Pharisee, but he's like, I think this Jesus could be the Son of God. But yeah, I'm a Pharisee. There's a, there's a, there's a disconnect because he's like, I sh- I'm a Pharisee. I shouldn't think this way. But I think this is the Son of God. I think this guy is from God. And so all of a sudden, he's having this wrestle within him because the outward appearance is so important. But inwardly, he thinks, this could be the Messiah. This could be a man from God. And so, yes, this is the guy who ends up coming at the end after Jesus is crucified. Him and a guy named Joseph of Arimathea actually comes and takes Jesus' body and prepares it for burial. Right? And Nicodemus actually brought 75 pounds. That's a lot. 75 pounds of spices just to pour over him and, and to anoint him with. It's a pretty, pretty heavy thing. So Nicodemus, this is the guy, all right, the religious guy who kind of thinks this could be Jesus. All right, this is who we're introducing. Now, this is what happens. This man came to Jesus by night, all right? So why do we, why do, we do things at night? Because we don't want to be seen, right? And so that's the same situation with him. He's like, he goes to Jesus at night because he didn't want anybody to see him because he's like... I think this is him. But if anybody sees me, then my outward appearance is shot, right? My Facebook would be posted, right? I would be over. It's done. And so he knows this. And so he goes to Jesus at night. And he said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher. This is pretty big. Come from God. It's like, you're, you're from God. For no one can, can do the thing, signs that you do unless God is with him. And now, you may be sitting there looking at, you may have an NIV translation. You may have another translation. And yours actually may say, because, instead of for, all right? But he's saying, I believe you are from God because, right? Now, here's the thing. A lot, a lot of people, and, and you may be this, a lot of people, that's where their faith is. 
They believe in God because things have really gone good for me. I believe in God because I prayed and something good happened. I believe in God because some event happened in my life. And some of us, you and I, right, Christians today, we're a lot like Nicodemus. We believe in because God, right? We believe in a because God. Well, I believe in God because this happened. But here's the problem. If you believe in because God long enough, something's going to happen that's going to cause your faith to be crushed. And here's the thing. A lot of people, a lot of people believe in because God, and all of a sudden something happens in their life. The circumstances change, right? Maybe someone dies that you prayed for, and because God goes away, right? Maybe you prayed for someone who went through a divorce, and they ended up getting divorced. And all of a sudden, because God goes away. It's because you believed in a because God. You believed in a God who was God because of circumstances. But when the circumstances changed, so did your faith. Because God doesn't exist. Listen, God didn't come to impress you. He came to save you, right? He didn't come to give you comfort. He came to give you a new heart. And so many times we think, wow, if God is this God, then these things should happen. And that is a because God. And we put our faith in that. And our faith is crushed because we have put our faith in circumstances instead of in Christ. Listen, it's no no difference than the people at this time. I mean, they did the same thing. That's what Nick was doing, right? Nicodemus, he was doing the same thing. Jesus, he was great. Because I have people tell me, it says, hey, well, if God would come do some miracles, I believe in him. Golly, I hear that one all the time, right? That's not necessarily true. Jesus came and did amazing miracles. And he healed the sick. He walked on water. He did. I mean, I mean if it was an amazing miracle, he pretty much did it. And everybody actually did a parade for him. It really is. And they were singing Hosanna. And they were throwing palm leaves down. It was just a big parade because Jesus, he'd done all these great miracles. He was a great guy. But many of them believed in because God. And when Jesus didn't do what they thought he should do, then they yelled, crucify him. Because their faith was in and because God in the circumstances. As long as you're doing all the great things that we think you should do, we'll believe in you. But when everything changed, they turned. Because God does not exist. And so Nicodemus is having this conversation with Jesus. And Jesus does like Jesus always does. Jesus answers a question Nicodemus didn't even ask. All right? Jesus is like, I know what you're thinking. Okay, Jesus is like, I know where your heart is. So Jesus just interrupts the conversation, enough small talk, and Jesus just drops this bomb. He says, Jesus answered him, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Born again. Nicodemus is like, whoa, 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 Jesus, wait, 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 wait. Nicodemus thought, I'm a Jew. And because I'm a Jew, I'm going to heaven. Bing! I won. He believed because he was born into the right family. 
He was immediately in. I'm in because I'm in the right family. I'm part of the right group of people. And because I'm part of the right group of people, I'm already in. I was born in the right family. And Jesus is like, no, that's not how this is going to work. Unless you're born again. And Nicodemus kind of looks at Jesus like, whoa, 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 whoa. Jesus, this kind of be weird, okay? So actually, Nicodemus replies to him very much like you and I probably would have replied at that time. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? I mean, he's probably thinking, you know, Jesus, I was like a nine-pound baby. My mom had a real difficult time. That time, this is going to be really difficult, right? I mean, this is reality. This is what's going on. Can he enter in the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus, come on. That's, this is just kind of odd, all right? I mean, I'm wanting to have a conversation to you. It's at night and everything, but this is weird. Jesus is like, come on, dude. Jesus said to him, truly I say to you, Unless you are born of water and of the Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Jesus tells him, says, listen, I really don't care what family you were born into. All right? It doesn't make a difference. What family? You didn't, you're not going to heaven because you hang out with the right people. That's not going to do it for you. All right? Because he believed that he was going to heaven because... He just kind of inherited God. He believed in inherited God. He did. And, and this is very common amongst the Jews. They really believe this, that I'm just going to inherit God. And actually, here's the thing. There are people, and we're 2,000 years later, and maybe you're here and you've done the same thing. We believe that. Well, I just had not always known God. You hadn't always known God. You hadn't always known how to talk, right? We don't always know God. But there are people who believe in inherited God. Well, I've just kind of always gone to church. I've just kind of always hung out with the right people. I just kind of always, I, I, I'm going because, and I'm going to spend eternity in heaven because I believe in inherited God. I've just always hung out with the right group. Maybe you have always gone to church. But Jesus says, that's not going to do it. Unless you are born again. There's a time when, you, yes, you're born physically. But there's a time when you say, Jesus, I believe that you died for me. And I want to live for you. There's got to be a time where Jesus says that you are made a new creation. And that you are spiritually born again. When the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God comes to live within you. And you are changed. You become a new creation in Christ. All of a sudden, Nicodemus is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You mean it's, it's a spiritual thing? She's like, yeah, it's a spiritual thing. So all of a sudden, this, this whole conversation is getting really, really deep. And Nicodemus isn't getting it. So Jesus tries to, okay, I'll, I'll, maybe, maybe this will help you with it. Jesus says, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound. Have you ever heard the wind? And like, yeah, Jesus, I've heard the wind. I've heard, I mean, you know, I've seen big winds, big storms. I've, seen, I've, seen, I've heard the wind. But you do not where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. He's like, listen, you don't see the Spirit. It's not someone who's going to come knock on your door. 
But when the Spirit of God comes to live within you, you know it. There's no greater example, there's no greater testimony than when the Spirit of God comes in and changes a life like he did John. There's nothing great. There's no greater testimony than to see the Spirit of God come in and make all things new in someone. Well, listen, Nicodemus is really, his mind is just like, I'm just not getting this, okay? Well, I was supposed to be born again. Now the wind's blowing. I don't understand exactly what's happening. Jesus says, okay, okay, well, I've done all these examples. I need to bring this home for you. And this is when Jesus, this is the point. This is the whole point. This is when Jesus says the most quoted sentence of all time. Jesus says, I want to take all theology, I want to put it in a sentence for you. And try to listen in, try to, try to understand this sentence. So Jesus takes it and runs home with it. This is what he says. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Now, like, oh, I know that's yes. God so loved the world. But that's you and I hearing it because we've heard it before. Nicodemus' mind is about to explode because he thought only God was for his people. God was only, only, only for the Jews. This is the first time, actually, this is the first time in, all, in history, actually. All of a sudden, God's like, no, no, no. It's not only for the Jews. It's for the whole world. Nicodemus is like, whoa, Jesus, Jesus. There are people in other parts of the world that don't look like me. Right. Jesus, there are people in other parts of the world that are different culture. She's like, yes. Jesus, you need to realize that there are people out in the world that do evil things. Jesus says, that's why I came. Listen, he's not so far away. Look, don't, don't, don't get all negative on Nicodemus here, okay? He's not any farther away than a lot of us because we do this same thing, right? We talk about the world. Oh, the world. Well, that's where we are, right? And Jesus says, yeah, I know the world, and that's what I came for. I came to seek and save those out there. So quit talking about them and go out there and join me. Nicodemus actually, he quits talking at this point. Nicodemus doesn't even say anything for the rest of the conversation. Nicodemus like, I, I, I can't even cipher through what you just said. You just said that God loves everyone. He loves the whole world. She's like, yeah, you think that's heavy. Wait till I finish the sentence. It gets better. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. I mean forever and ever and ever and ever. Let me join with me because I think you're feeling the same as I do. What I want, I want eternal life. I do. I just, I mean, I'm not going to just kind of play around with words. That, that sounds good to me. I'm good with that. But Jesus says, listen, there's something I'm going to put here that has not been put here before. Actually, John, the Apostle John, who, who actually records this, he puts this grouping of words together that have never been put together before for a very purpose. 
All right, so you need, you need to kind of listen in, okay? Focus in on these group of words I'm about to tell you about because they're very, very important, okay? So, so if you, if you want to do some deep theology, you're like, I like to go deep. This is as deep as it goes because we're going to go deep with this, okay? Because there's a group of words that have not been put together in the Greek language before, before John records this. And this is the group. Believes in him. Okay, whoever believes in him should not perish. Not whoever believes him should not perish. Not whoever believes about him should not perish. Whole different thing. No, no, no. Whoever believes in him. There's a whole different mindset. Let me, let me give you an example because you may be thinking, I'm not getting the difference, okay? Here's, here's a good example, okay? How many people, and just be honest, okay, because this is church. You have to be honest. You have to tell tr- truth in church, okay? Wait till you get outside to tell lies, okay? How many of us, how many in here have watched a whole episode of MacGyver before? Be honest. Be real. Okay. All right. Right. We're there. We're... Now, I'm not talking about new MacGyver. I'm talking about old MacGyver. I'm talking about mullet MacGyver, right? Yeah. Now, mullet, listen. Old MacGyver, he was always put into a situation he had to get out of. He always had this, he was always in a situation where there's a bomb and he had to, de- he had to could disarm it, right? Now, I know today it's like, well, that's not the way they do it now. They just cell phone and all. I, that's not, that's, that's new MacGyver. This is old MacGyver. This is when it was really good, okay? He would take, he'd take some, uh, 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 a chewing gum wrapper and he would just completely dead, just disable a bomb, bomb with it. But and the old ones and the old bombs, they used to have all, all these like wires, like 15 wires, and they were all different colors, red, green, white, all these different colors. And they would always sit there and shake, which one? Which one, right? Which one's the right one? Because you got to clip the right one. Well, here's the thing. A person walks in, and they go, hey, I had a three-week training course on this very kind of detonation. And I know, how to dis- I know how to disable it. And I actually have got a, a slip of paper saying, I graduated from understanding this one. And you look at the piece of paper and you go, okay. Okay, dude, I believe you. Thumbs up, all right? And that, that's, hey, I believe you. But when you tell him and you give him the pliers and you say, okay, Go over there and snip the wire. That's when you believe in him. You're putting your life in his hands. And that's what Jesus is saying. I, I, okay, you may believe me. I want you to believe in me. I want you to put your life in my hands. I want you to put your eternity in my hands. And there's a lot of people who've believed Jesus. And actually, Nicodemus believed. But Jesus said, I want you to believe in me. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have forever and ever and ever and ever lasting life. Wow. Here's the thing is, there's a lot of us who believed him because God, or maybe inherited God. But God said, no, this is, this is it. This is grace, God. 
So all of a sudden, everything begins to change. Now, here, this next sentence. I wish this next sentence would have made the bumper sticker too, okay? I wish this next sentence would have made the Instagram post. I wish this next sentence would have been the one that you had to remember in, in BBS as well, okay? Because we got the God so loved the world that he gave it on. But we can say that we know John 3, 16. But Jesus' conversation did not end there. He didn't stop. I know we put it in verses, but Jesus didn't stop there. He didn't put it in verses. He kept speaking. And this next part, I wish, I wish, I wish we would have gotten in a lot earlier. Because it's so important. Because his next sentence that he says right after John 3.16 is this. He says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world. There's a lot of people that don't understand that. God didn't send him into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Listen, listen. I'm going to take ownership of this one, okay? I'm going to take ownership. People who have my job, people who do what I do, have messed this one up. People who do what I do talk about how awful the world is and, and how, how everybody's going to hell and, and, and all of these. But Jesus is like, no, 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 no. If God didn't condemn the world, why should we? God's like, no, go share with them the truth, the hope, the grace, the love that God has. And ask them to take that step where they put their faith in a holy God who loves them and died for them. That's the love of Christ. He loves you. For whosoever, that means the you-soever and the you-soever and the you-soever and you-soever and you-soever. Whosoever puts their faith in him. Shall be saved. You see, the problem is, is that many of us think of we, we have followed a different another God, we've a scorekeeper God. Many of us, and now listen, this is this is a lot of us. I have I have done this before myself. Many of us have followed scorekeeper God, right? If I've done some bad things, so I'm gonna do some good things and I'm gonna start settling up the score. Right? I'm gonna, God's going to be a little better. He's going to be a little happier for me because I'm going to start doing some things better. Right? Maybe some of you are here this morning because of some things that you did this weekend. Right? And you're going to make the score a little better. Right? So here's the thing. A lot of people think, well, I need to wait until I get the score a little closer before I make a step towards Jesus. And I hear people say, no, no, I got some things in my life I've got to work out. I've got to clean up. I've got some things in my life I've got to fix before I come to Jesus. That's because you believed in scorekeeper God. And God's like, listen, John 3, 16 is powerful. But Jesus didn't stop the conversation there. He didn't come to this earth to keep score. And actually, we can't ever make the score right, right? We lost that game. So Jesus came in to save the game for all glory, for each one of us. Jesus is like, I'm going to make it right. 
You can't actually make it right. You can't do enough good things to make the score right. But Jesus says, if you make a step, if you place your faith in me, then you can allow his sacrifice to cover you forever and ever and ever. Listen, there are, the reason that this conversation with Nicodemus that is recorded, the reason John put this in there is so evident. John wanted to record this conversation because this conversation answered a lot of the questions and barriers, okay, barriers that you and I have right now. Right? There are some of you, you haven't made a step towards Jesus because of some of these barriers. And this conversation is recorded so that you can know the truth that these barriers are not real. He wanted you to see them for yourself. Because maybe you believed in because God, right? And your, your world got crushed and you're still trying to get over that. Or maybe you believed in inherited God. Right? I, I've never made a step towards Jesus because I've just always been good. I've always been in church. Or maybe you believe in scorekeeper God and you just are waiting to get everything right. And he would tell you, no, no, no. God so loved the you and the you and the you and the you and the you that he gave his only son that the whosoever Believes in him, in him, believes in him, puts the faith, take your step of faith in him. Will not perish ever, but have eternal life. Now listen, there's many people in this room, many people in this room. And God's inviting you to take a step towards Jesus. He's inviting you, he's dealing with you right now, he's he's working in you, and he's brought you here because he's inviting you to take a step towards Jesus. Maybe you experience like I've never had a time where, where the Spirit of God has come in and made me a new creation. This morning, God's asking you to take a step towards Him. That He's asking you to place your faith in Jesus. Place your faith in Him. Your life in Him. And this morning, we would love, love, love for you to do that this morning. Now, this morning, if that's where you are, and you're like, I'm ready to place my faith in Jesus. I'm ready to take a step towards Jesus. I would love, love to walk with you on that. And how we do that is really is just in prayer, okay? There's no magic prayer. There's a surrender prayer where you just surrender your heart and just say, Jesus, I believe that you died for me. And I want to live for you. And if you're at that place, God will hear your prayer. And he will save you this morning for all eternity. This morning, if that's where you are, we would like to, we're not going to invite it. We don't invite people down front. This is a personal thing. This is between you and Jesus. We totally believe this is you, you and God thing. So this morning, if that's where you are, I want to invite you just to have this time with me. This, this morning, if you will, everybody bow your heads. You need everybody in this room, this whole room, whole room, everybody. I mean, everybody. Um, if you bow your heads. Now, this morning, if this is where you are and you really, I mean, you're like, God, this is, this is my morning. I want you just to, to pray this prayer with me, okay? Pray this prayer. And this is just silently between you and Jesus, okay? This is personal, you and Jesus. I want you to pray this prayer. Dear God, I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. 
And I believe you raised him from the dead to give me eternal life. Today, God, I place my faith in Jesus. And I ask you to come in to me and change me and make me new for all eternity. Thank you, holy God, for saving me and give me the ability to live boldly for you from this very moment on. This morning, if you just pray, just everybody keep your heads bowed. Everybody, everybody keep your heads bowed. Uh, this morning, those who just prayed that prayer, everybody in this room who just prayed that prayer, and it was serious for you, meant business. I want you to look up at me because I want to pray a prayer for you, okay? Because I'm excited about what God's just done in your life. And I want you, I want you just to share this with me, okay? This is your first step as saying, hey, I want to be a bold Christian. If you will, just wave at me and say, hey, I, I just accepted Christ, okay? When I see you, I'll, I'll acknowledge you. God bless you. Anyone over in this area here? God bless you. Anyone here? All right. God bless you, sir. Anyone over in this area here? Everybody over. God bless you, ma'am. Okay. God bless you, sir. Thankful for you. God bless you. Anyone else up in the top risers? Just give me a wave because I can't see you. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, sir. Awesome. God, I just pray right now for this group of people. Father, you just ripped open eternity and invited a group of people to spend forever and ever story as they have placed their faith in you. Thank you, God, for this morning. I pray that you will send people to these people to encourage them, to walk alongside of them, to give them encouragement that they need, Father, as we celebrate forever and ever story that you started on the cross. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. This morning, Christ Awake, can we just tell everybody how excited we are for them? We are so excited to have you part of God's family. And I encourage you. Hey, afterwards, there's a place over there, living room. Go over and have some people encourage you. Tell everyone you know, I'm a child of the living God, and I'm excited about what God has done.